<laughs> I need one on their feet. I want to stand up. Come on. Yes, everybody get up and stand up. Stop. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> okay. Three. Sometimes life gets overbearing. I'm sure the church could agree it's true. Trials can come unexpectedly. Hold on to his hands. God gave us his promises. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Billy and Jasmine, who just made our holidays a lot happier. We've been studying the holiday, the, the Beatitudes in order to have a happier holiday season, and they just gave it to us. And here's the reason why. At staff retreat in June, they lost the competition, and what we decided as a staff for whoever was going to lose they'd have to perform a live song. So that's what you just saw. Come on, give it up for them. They were good sports. And this week, this beatitude that we're gonna be discussing is blessed are the merciful or happy are the merciful because we've learned that the word blessed means happy. And I've been practicing this beatitude for six months because they should have done this six months ago because that's how long ago they lost. But I've been merciful, and so here it is on December 18th. So with all seriousness, though, I do want us to get into this beatitude and discuss this beatitude, because it is one of those things that if we will follow, we will have the joy of the Lord. Matthew 5, 7, as we continue in this series on studying these beatitudes, it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now remember, that word blessed means fortunate well off. It actually has this connotation that you envy those who have this type of blessing. All right, so blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Can I tell you that this is the characteristic of God? One of his prime character, character traits in the scripture. Um, when he first introduces himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 34, I want to read verses 6 and 7 to you briefly. This is what the scripture says, as the Lord is speaking to his servant Moses, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, 
a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. How many of you guys are thankful that this is the character of God? Come on, give it up to God today that he is merciful. This is who he is, and he wants his people, his church, to represent this same beatitude, this same attitude of, I'm going to actually show mercy. Even though I could show harshness and judgment, and I can hold on to unforgiveness, I'm going to be like God who shows mercy. So I want us to actually just answer some questions around mercy today. I have three questions about mercy that I'm going to answer, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this attitude, this beatitude that you say, if we are merciful, we will be blessed. And so, Holy Spirit, just help us today get this deep down in our heart, and may we take this with us this holiday season and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the very first question, of course, would be, what is mercy? If we are trying to figure out how to follow this beatitude, we need to understand what mercy is. We need to understand the heart of mercy. So I want to clearly define that for us today. And so the first part of the definition that I really want to look into is that mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, all right? So when somebody messes up, when somebody actually should get criticism, when somebody should get punishment, this is where uh, mercy comes in when they don't actually get what they deserve. Now, I want to tell you a, a story from my childhood when I received mercy from my dad. Uh, He was not really a merciful man overall. He was pretty harsh and judgmental and um, pretty overbearing many times. But there was this one time where I should have gotten a lot more punishment or I should have gotten a punishment, but I didn't. He showed me mercy. It was right after Christmas. I had a BB gun. Me and my buddy were outside in the backyard, and our backyard faced this parking lot where there were all these cars. We thought it was a good idea to take the BB gun and start shooting out the windows of many of these cars. I think we probably got at least 10 of those car windows all over this parking lot, just busting them out like we were playing Call of Duty or something, and there would be no repercussions, right? So um, it was probably about a week later or so, I get a knock on the door, and I answer the door. And this guy comes to the door and he says, um, hey, it looks like you got a BB gun for Christmas. And you shot out a lot of our windows in the back. How many of you guys know that I started to sweat? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. He says, I need to actually see your father. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is when I'm actually going to die. This is how it's going to end for me. This is how I'm going to go out, right? And so I go, and on my way to get my dad, I'm like, there is no way out of this, right? Like, I, I, he's at the door. I shut out the windows, what am I going to do? So I grab my dad and I bring him to the door and I don't know if I just like try to disappear. I was hoping for the rapture at that moment or something, you know what I mean? Like get me out of this situation. I I thought literally after that moment I was going to die. And so he has the conversation with the man. He ends up actually paying for the windows. And can I tell you something? I actually never heard from my dad on this thing ever after that moment. He never even brought it up. I never, I mean, I was waiting. You know, when when you know you deserve it, right, you're just like waiting. When is the moment going to be? Is he just going to lose it, take off the belt now? What's going to happen, right? He didn't even mention it to me ever again. It was as if it was, it never happened. He paid for it and never mentioned it to me again. 
Now tell me that ain't like our God the Father, who actually did so much more than this. We broke the law. We were the ones who offended God through our sin. We were the ones guilty. Satan came knocking on our door, the accuser of the brethren. And he came and he was looking to judge us, to critique us, to actually bring us to hell with him. But our God, who is rich in mercy, as Ephesians 1 says, our God, who is rich in mercy, gave us what we didn't deserve. He sent his son Jesus to pay for our sins. And guess what? When we confess and we repent of those sins, he doesn't even bring them up to us anymore. Come on, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are responding today. This is the type of mercy that God shows us. Whosoever would believe in him and believe in his son, that is the type of mercy. And I was just thinking about that because our world needs more of that. Billy was talking about this, Pastor Billy was last week when he was talking about cancel culture and how easy it is for us to be so uh, critical and judgmental and harsh in this world. And listen, God is also a God of justice, so let's make no mistake about it. It costs God, his son, in order to pay for our sin. My dad still paid the fine. I don't know how much that was. I can't even imagine. 10, 15, 20 windows or whatever. We busted out. I'm a father now, and if I had to write that check, I'm telling you, Tavi's going to get it. I'm like, what are you doing with a BB gun anyway? You're right? You know what I mean? Like, but you get what I'm saying? Like, he had to pay the fine. So, so let's not get mercy from God twisted. Justice was paid. It just wasn't paid by you. It was paid at the cross where his perfect blood was shed for us. Justice and mercy meet at the cross. But how many of you guys know mercy triumphs over justice and judgment? Come on, somebody. And that is the God we serve. That's who he is. That's what he extends towards us. That is mercy. But there's another aspect of mercy that we sometimes don't uh, fully comprehend or we don't understand this part of the definition as well. Uh, Mercy can be defined as the opposite of harshness. It's actually being sensitive toward the need and the plight of others. So it goes beyond just not getting what you deserve or not giving somebody what they deserve. It's actually having a heart of compassion towards people. It's actually being inclined to the needs that are around us. It's actually showing compassion and and having action that is merciful towards people as well. Not just forgiving them, but also going and being what they need in their time of need. Which leads me to answer the second question. How is mercy then shown? So we found out what mercy is. It's not getting what you deserve. It's not showing harshness. It's showing compassion and action of compassion towards others. So let's talk about then how is it shown. When Jesus mentions mercy here, it's, it's more than just warm thoughts. It's more than just, you know what, I'm just thinking about you. It's actually showing mercy in action. So when he's saying, blessed are the merciful, there's this idea of I'm not going to to just forgive somebody. I'm not just going to stay in the background and just say, yeah, I'm thinking of you. No, I'm actually going to do something to help meet a need in your life. 
you see this with the Good Samaritan. You guys know the Good Samaritan story and the scripture. I love this story. It's special. Jesus was teaching about how to love our neighbors. And there were certain religious leaders who were um, prejudiced towards the Samaritan people. And they were really just too good for everybody, they thought. And so they weren't loving people. They were just throwing out judgment and harshness all the time towards people. And so the, uh, Jesus was saying one of the best things you could do with your life is love your neighbor. And so he tells this story about this man who was beat up. He was left for dead. And the priest comes by and leaves him in that condition. Uh, the other religious leaders come by and just leave him, this man who was beat up in that condition. But then there was this Samaritan who actually represented a Jewish antagonist. Uh, again, there was this, this racial feud between these two groups of people. And so for the Jew, there was nobody uh, that they, they felt more worse uh, than, a, than a Samaritan person. And so they were an antagonist of the Jew. And Jesus used this person to show what it means to love and be merciful to your neighbor. I want to actually read in Luke 10, verses 33 through 37, as we discover, again, what is mercy? How do we show mercy? It says this, but a Samaritan, after everybody else passed by this man who was beat up, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where this beat up man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. That's also another word for mercy. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he took the man on his own donkey. He put the man on his own donkey, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, which is money in their day, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for an extra expense, any extra expense that you may have. Verse 36, Jesus then tells these religious leaders who he's trying to teach about what is loving your neighbor. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of these robbers, who was beat up? And the expert in the law said this, the one who had mercy on him. Everybody say the one who had mercy on him. So this Samaritan has no interaction with this beat up man, except for he sees him on the side of the road. He's not showing mercy in the sense of this man offended him and now he's letting go of that offense. That is mercy as well. But this is a different type of mercy, isn't it? He sees a man in need and he reaches out to this man in need and shows him mercy. How many of you guys know that this world around us needs that type of mercy? We need to see this type of mercy in action. I love that it says it's the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him. And then he says, go and do likewise. Can I tell you, he's telling us the same thing today. Go and do likewise. This is the beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So let's like just dissect what the Good Samaritan is doing in this moment to show this man who was beat up some mercy. The first thing that he did is he bandaged his wounds. Do you notice that? He stopped what he was doing. He stopped on his way. I don't know what he had to do. How many of you guys know? He was probably busy. He was probably going somewhere, right? He probably had some other things, some Christmas shopping to do. Not really because Christmas wasn't a holiday yet, but you know what I'm saying. He's, he's on his way doing something. He stops and he takes maybe some 
of his own garments. He tears them and he creates a bandage for this man who was beat up and wounded and he binds this man's wounds. Let me ask you a question today. Are you bandaging people's wounds or are you adding to their pain? Are you bandaging people's wounds or are you adding to their pain? I love how 1 Peter 4, 8 tells us to do this. It says, above all these things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. It'll bandage up people when they're hurting. It will go after people that are hurting. And it will do whatever they can do to bring healing to that person. They don't add more to their pain. They try to bring healing to their pain. I want to share with you a story from a few months ago when my wife uh, and I and my daughter, we were on vacation. This is right after she broke her leg in Wisconsin. And so we were finally, uh, a couple days later after she broke her leg, we were on our way back to Indianapolis, and I have a Honda Accord, and so we didn't prepare you know, that we were going to actually have to travel back to Indianapolis with a broken leg, right? And so I'm thinking, how can Nicole be the most comfortable on this six or seven hour journey back to Indianapolis? And so we thought, okay, we'll put her in the back. She could have her leg propped up. And so what I did was we put all of our dirty laundry in the sack and we put all this laundry in there, all of our dirty laundry. So it would be like a big old pillow that she can kind of put under her leg and she can prop her leg up so she can have kind of good circulation. They, they say that when you have any injury like this, you need to actually have your leg or whatever elevated. And so we, I said, okay, we're going to set you up. We're going to put you right here in the, in the back of this uh, Honda and we're going to get you all situated. So she gets in there and I'm kind of like hurrying up trying to get everything done. And I take this big old thing of dirty clothes and without even thinking, I jammed it into her broken leg. She screamed with severe pain. Like she like goes off, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just broke her leg again. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, I just did the most. I just hurt her even more. And I'm thinking, oh no. And like I, I begin to get angry and get mad even at myself, right? And I was thinking about that picture. And I was thinking, how often is that the snapshot of how I treat my wife in other situations? She's hurting, she's struggling, and instead of trying to bring healing and love and mercy to her in those moments, a lot of times I'm critiquing her. A lot of times I just kind of look over the pain. I just kind of bypass it, and, and, and by doing that, I'm actually just adding more pain to her. I'm not being empathetic. I'm not being sympathetic. Come on, I'm preaching to a husband in the house. Come on, somebody, right? It's so easy to do that, isn't it? We're about our own business. We're just doing our own thing. It's so easy for us without even thinking about it, adding pain to those who we do life with. Not to mention those who are most special to us. What the Samaritan showed is somebody who is attentive to the needs around them. Somebody who stops and has compassion. And can I tell you, in 12 and a half years of marriage, I am getting better. Hallelujah. (laughs) By God's grace. And because of his mercy and my wife's mercy, I'm getting better. Hallelujah. I'm trying. But, But so often, I'm just doing that thing. I'm adding more pain 
This good Samaritan covers this man, bandages this man. He bandaged his wounds. You know what else he did? He poured on oil and wine. Now, this is like an antiseptic in Bible days. This is what they would use to pour into wounds so that infection wouldn't spread. And so I was just thinking about this. What are you pouring on the wounds of others? What are you pouring on the wounds of others? Is it mercy or is it harshness? Y'all, you're going to be confronted with this everywhere. In your house, at your job, when you go and get Taco Bell. This week, I went to Taco Bell. Yes, I still go and eat at Taco Bell. Come on, somebody. A bean burrito with some extra red sauce. Telling you, that hits. And so I still go to Taco Bell, even though everything on the menu seems to be double. Y'all, they're paying our fast food workers $15 an hour now. And they still can't get our orders right. Y'all going to give them 15 bucks, raise the price, and you still can't get my two extra tacos that I ordered? That's exactly what happened. So uh, you got to do this. Whenever you go to Taco Bell, you better make sure you got everything in that bag. All right? So before I left, I've already had that happen so many times where I left, I got home. Where are my two tacos? Right? I learned my lesson already. So I look in the bag, have my wife look in the bag, and we don't have our two tacos. So I'm thinking, man, them Dudes, they, they're making $15 an hour, and they can't put my tacos in the bag. I'm actually, like, frustrated. i got to take more of my time, more of my energy to go do something that they should have already done. Am I preaching to anybody, right? Tell me, this is what we're going to have to have? This beatitude, blessed are the merciful. And so I'm, like, just grumbling. My, my wife and my daughter can hear me, and I'm like, wait, I'm preaching on blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. I walk into Taco Bell, and even though I want to just like, look, and they didn't make it even easier at that point. I walk in, the lady's like, what do you want? Can we get some Chick-fil-A training for these Taco Bell workers? <laughs> hey, hold on, though. Listen, I went to Chick-fil-A. Okay, this is recorded. Hopefully the manager at the Circle Center Chick-fil-A hears this. Went to Chick-fil-A, having a date night with my daughter about a month ago. We're in line, all right? The lady in front of us goes. We're the only other person in line. And this is what the Chick-fil-A lady, manager, whatever, said at the Circle Center Chick-fil-A. She says, we're closed after them. I'm in line. What What do you mean, like, we're closed after them? No, we're helping them, but we're not helping you. I said, what in the Chick-fil-A is happening right now? I've never seen at a Chick-fil-A in my life. We're closed after them, but not you, and I'm in the line. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I didn't think I would have to handle that at Chick-fil-A, but I did at the Circle Center one. And now I'm handling this at Taco Bell. I'm going in there, and instead of her, like, coming to me and saying, how can I help you, sir? What do you want? What we forget? What do we forget? Like, this is a common occurrence here? I mean, like, what is happening here? And so, like, I wanted to, again, go off on them, tell them, like, how dumb. Right? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Hey, you all forgot a couple tacos. So they go back. They make our tacos. At the end, when they're coming to bring me the tacos, they, like, 
Like, hand me the bag all like. I ain't the problem here, guys. You ever feel like that, right? But you know what would have made it worse is if I would have added more harshness to that situation. I don't know what those Taco Bell workers had already gone through that day. We don't know what others are going through that we're passing day in and day out. We don't know what are on the wounds. We don't know the wounds inside. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know the struggles. We don't know any of that. You know what our world needs a lot more of is us just showing mercy and kindness to people around us. Come on, somebody. We just need to do it more. So what are you pouring on the wounds? Is it more harshness or is it healing? This is what this good Samaritan did. He brought healing. He poured oil and wine on the wounds of this beat up man. Here's the third thing that he did as well. He used his resources to help him. Did you notice that? It says he put him on his own donkey. Now this dude is a bloody man. This is like y'all giving a dude who's just bloody and beat up a ride in your car. Come on with them leather seats or maybe worse off the cloth seats. (laughs) Blood comes off cloth a lot harder. This dude is putting a bloody man on his own donkey. So he uses his own donkey to carry this bloody man. He used his time to care for him. Again, he was on his way doing something. We're all on our way doing something, aren't we? This is why we get it so twisted in our marriage. We're on our way doing something. You know how many times I've had to stop and just be attentive to my wife, even though I had all these other appointments? And there wasn't every time I didn't get it. Many times I just skipped over her feelings to care for one of your feelings. And she's had to tell me, I'm your wife. And I had to say, you're right, I'm sorry. (laughs) But you know what many of us do in that moment? No, this is what I'm doing. This is what I got. And we show our most loved ones that we care about others more than them. There's a priority structure in this thing called mercy as well. Don't be giving everybody else mercy if you can't give your own family mercy. Don't, don't go and meet everybody else's needs if you can't meet your kids' needs. This is what Paul tells Timothy. This is what he says when it comes to a leader in the church. If you can't take care of your own family, don't come and try to take care of the household of God. Right? This man takes the time, though, to minister to this man. He was on his way doing something. He comes and he takes the time. He used his time to care for him. He then used his own money. Do you notice that? His own money to help this guy. He even tells the end worker that whatever is on his account, I will settle up to you when I come back. Right? So he still had to go and handle his own business. But guess what he does when he is going to handle his own business? He makes sure that this man is taken care of while he's away. Come on, this is mercy, somebody. Are you you having this type of care for those around you? How are you using your resources to help others? I want you to ask that, that question because this is what Jesus is saying when he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. He's saying people that are showing merciful action, merciful kindness towards people around them, and a part of that is using your resources. Can I tell you, this is how we have happy holidays? This is blessed are those who give. 
This is what Jeremiah was saying in offering. What I said last week, those who give, they're more blessed than those who receive. There's something that transpires. There's a joy that comes when we use our resources, not just to consume them on our own lusts, but to help others around us, to do something to bless others in need. I was having a conversation this week with one of my best friends from high school. And he was there the day I got saved. And every once in a while, we still connect. And our paths have led us completely different places. But we got together, and we went to Olive Garden for lunch this week. Thankfully, we didn't have any service issues there, okay? So that's not what I'm going to say. But he was telling me of a story. He works for Discount Tire. I think he's an assistant manager there. And he was telling the story of this lady who has a baby. She's getting out of the car with um, her baby in a car seat. And he could just tell that she's struggling. And he walks um, her into the building. He goes and meets her to try to help her, brings her into the front service desk. And they're talking about her tires. As he checked the tires, these tires are bald. They, they couldn't be worse. He recognizes, man, this woman's not going to be safe leaving here with these type of tires. So he tells her, you're going to need a couple tires at least. She begins to like just kind of go ghost face. She's thinking, I can't do it. I don't have that ability, especially around this time of year, right, where we're already trying to like just bless our own kids, you know, with Christmas and things like that. She's thinking a couple hundred dollars more, $400 more, whatever it was for these tires. I just can't do it. So my friend, Scott Jackson, man, he just... <laughs> He'd probably be mortified that I'm telling this because he, he didn't do it for this reason. But he was telling me the story, and it touched my heart so much. He had mercy on this woman. He says, I want you just to take a moment. I mean, let me go check these tires again, make sure that they're all filled with air and all this kind of stuff. What he did is he told his own guys to do this, and he used his own money. Not discount tires money. His own money to buy new tires for this woman. He had mercy. By showing this woman kindness in her moment of need, he used his own resources to give this woman. And when he told me the story, I'm like, I got tears in my eyes. I'm like, that is exactly what this beatitude is all about. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Which leads me to the third and final question I want to answer. What does mercy produce? What does it produce? Let's go back to that beatitude and just look at the final part of that beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So what does showing mercy produce? What is letting go of somebody's sins against you produce? What is showing merciful kindness and action towards people produce? In short, more mercy. Not just to anybody, although they might take that and spread that elsewhere. She came back, um, this lady at Discount Tire came back, wrote a note, and baked him some cookies. And in the note, he showed me, it said that I'm going to return this one day. Once I get my resources, I'm going to return the same blessing to somebody else. All right? So that does show the world mercy, and it helps kind of spread mercy amongst ourselves. But guess what? According to Jesus, that mercy also is going to come back to you. How many guys know we need mercy? Listen, the reason why we should show mercy is two reasons. It's twofold. Number one, we've already received mercy from God. We were sinners. We deserved his punishment. That goes back to point one. But the second reason is this. I'm going to need mercy in the future. Right? I'm not going to be perfect. 
So guess what I need to show if I want mercy back to me? I need to show mercy to others. I love this quote uh, from Richard Trench. This is what he said. The Christian stands in a middle point between a mercy received and a mercy which is yet needs to be received. He yet needs to receive. I love that quote. Doesn't that describe us, what I just said? We've received mercy from the Lord, but guess what? I'm going to need mercy again because I'm still going to mess up. I'm still not going to get it right. And so when we need to think about this, when we're wanting to get mad at the Taco Bell worker, when we want to get mad at our spouse, when we want to go off on somebody, when we want to look past somebody's need, we need to remember, I actually had a need and God was merciful to me. And I also need to remember, I'm going to need something else in the future. So let me be merciful back to somebody else. I'm going to end the message with this scripture that I think is often desecrated in the church because we use it with money when that's not the context of this verse or these verses. Luke chapter 6, verses 36 to 38. I'm going to end the message with this. It says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So Jesus is saying, I need you to be merciful because that's the character and nature of God the Father. All right, so this is the context. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive, it's all mercy, and you will be forgiven. And then look what he says, and this is why we quote this for money, but it ain't it. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Can I tell you, it's not just money. It's not even money that he's talking about. He's actually saying, if you put judgment, if that's what you give, if you give condemnation, if you give unforgiveness, guess what? It's gonna be poured back unto your life. Good measure, pressed down shaking together like I was making them cookies last night and my brown sugar I gotta press that thing down so I can't even receive anymore he's saying that's the type of judgment you're gonna get back you're gonna have so much judgment it's gonna be so pressed down that you feel like you can't even have any more judgment that's how much judgment's gonna come back to you if you show judgment towards up but if you give mercy good measure Pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give back to you. I don't know what kind of produce you want in your life. I need some more mercy. So guess what? As for me and my house, come on, somebody. We're going to show mercy. As for me in this house, Diversity Church, let us be a church of mercy. As your pastor, I'm not always going to get it right. As a husband, I don't always get it right. As a father, I don't always get it right. But I'm going to show mercy because I know I need that mercy myself. As a church member, a follower of Jesus, you're not going to get it always right. So guess what? Show mercy because you're going to need it yourself one day. You might have resources right now. This Christmas, it might be good for you. But one Christmas, it might be bad for you. So when you have the resources, will you give to somebody you need? Because one day you might need them tires yourself. Where is this beatitude today? I wonder why we're not happy. We're judgmental. We're critical. We're harsh. We're giving people all sorts of things but mercy. 
This is why there is no joy in your life and the lives around us. Can we show this beatitude? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Thanks for joining us for worship today. I'm John Collier, and I hope today has inspired you to love God and to love others more. We always want to take some time at the end to pray for you, especially if this is the first time of believing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, forgive us of our sins. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross and raise again so that he can be king and we don't have to be. Help us to learn more about you so we can live more like you. <laughs> we want you to connect with us and we want to connect with you. You can comment down below or go to diversitychurch.net and we'll see you again next week.